I blatantly lied two weeks ago when I was gushing about Pixel Buds gesture controls because it was forward and back swipes for the volume, but uh, playback control was still taps. And I said it was all swipes. We were wrong last week, too, when, when Daniel was like, it's not coming to India. <laughs> it's not on the coming. list. And I thought <laughs> the same thing because I wrote yeah, that. Yeah, y'all, wrote y'all that brought up. that up at the meeting and I was like, I was right. I told y'all. <laughs> I, well, like, it's, <laughs> it isn't on their list. Like, it was just in that one was, Google yeah. India tweet. And it's like, all right, guys, like, why not just whatever i we should do what the late night shows or the newspapers do and issue a correction section every week that would be a fun I time i think jules should like edit himself interrupting us and being like will and daniel are wrong <laughs> anyway back to the show good morning afternoon i'm sorry i'm not daniel vader but we are here with another android police podcast vader is not with us he is on paternity leave uh he had a beautiful baby boy this week, so congrats to him. We look Aww. forward to seeing him again. I'm not going to do the left-right thing because I can never remember it, but joining me uh, is Will Sattenberg. Sattenberg. How are you doing? Sattenberg. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't it's, know it's, names. It's, it's a Battenberg cake and Saddleberg. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, now I'm hurt, but I'm otherwise I'm good. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> and we also have joining us actually on a mic this time instead of just doing our show notes. Jules Wang is here with us. Hey, how's it going? I, I also edit the show. You know, yes. it's it's fine. You wear it's many good. hats. The show edits itself. Really, I used to host the show every so often. It's it's uh, it's not a core competency, but I will continue to try. Well, we have a lot to get through. Although uh, it's going to be a little bit disjointed compared to other weeks sorry guys there's a lot of little there's lots of little stuff this is the it's it's like the amuse bouche uh sampler (laughs) it's it's the io hangover is what it is it's all the like it's like yeah we had the beta one week and then it was a little gap and then io and now we have another little gap (laughs) and uh i don't know how long this gap will last but uh hopefully Hopefully for a little while. I I want us <laughs> I want things to be quiet for a little while and I don't think we have any more major product announcements until what July. Fall. Yeah, well. Well, Pixel 6a yeah. and the Pixel Buds Pro will be coming in July and then we have obviously Samsung unpacked in August. Well, Samsung. you're forgetting that OnePlus will announce 17 phones in between now and August. Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah. 15 Nord phones, maybe a <laughs> yeah. new sued phone. They One really are turning into US. Motorola, aren't they? I, I I made that comparison this week. I was like, they are literally just racing to become the main Motorola competitor for who can get the most phones out with the most confusing model names. Motorola did replace LG as uh, number three in the US, and I believe they're starting to like cement that position elsewhere in the places that they can. But Sometimes throwing spaghetti at the wall works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of spaghetti, let's talk about this uh, spaghetti of apps that uh, Ara has for us here. Yeah, um, I'm going to start off with YouTube Music because we had two different, like, tiny but somewhat significant announcements this week. The main one revolves around the YouTube Music Wear OS app, which now finally lets you stream music instead of having to download everything. And I'm sorry, this wasn't part of the app before? What? Oh, no. I mean, granted, I... I don't use the Wear app because I don't want to burn an authorization on a watch that I would have to separately connect headphones to as opposed to just listening on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ability to stream music over Wi-Fi or LTE will be great if you have a watch with an actual LTE connection and you really do leave your phone behind when you go out. 
I mean, some people have been suckered into paying for unlimited data plans for these companion devices. They might as well get the most out of them. And it's yeah. a shocker that this hasn't been already a thing. I mean, the other thing for me is just I want the Wear OS app to be able to control the music that is playing on my phone. Yeah. Well, Rather too, than just but... having to rely on whether or not the uh, uh, the system media controls decided to pick up which app I'm actually in right now. Um, but well, Baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> yeah, this app is only like eight months old inexplicably. So, you know, <laughs> they're still working on it. <laughs> well, I mean, Wear OS priorities for the YouTube music team. I mean, I, I kind of get it. They've had a lot of other things to fix. It's uh, been a work in progress since 2014. Could, More work than progress. Could have just left it with Google Play Music, but that's... Thank you that's for stating discussion. 2014 for YouTube Music, because so many people forget that this service has actually been around for way longer than we think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the other Wear OS uh, little tidbit that we got was a tile for YouTube Music that will automatically launch some of your like recent or favorite playlist because you're you're going to get basically the shortcuts the recently played second bar of the widget if you use the newer youtube music widget so rather than having that row of five to ten shortcuts underneath your music player on wear os you're going to have a tile that is going to have all of those instead but again it's still it it triggers things on the watch so if you actually pair headphones to your watch and listen from it good news the other slightly YouTube music news was that YouTube is getting more YouTube music integration in that you're going to be able to watch a music video on YouTube and they will have a link to take you into the YouTube music app rather than watching it and listening through actual YouTube. We've tried this before with regular music. I'm mm -hmm. not sure how well it's going to work because for most people, if you're already used to listening to music on regular YouTube, the YouTube music app is going to feel like a step down, especially if you're listening on the web, because you can't listen to every single YouTube video on YouTube music. If you have a playlist that has like mashup songs that they can't get the rights for or anything, those songs won't be available over on YouTube music. My favorite Neil Susariga songs will not be available <laughs> on Spotify or YouTube music. Excuse me. That is a shame. Well, that's what the user uploads in YouTube music is for. Because people forget that they have that. But, but I have to upload them. I have to download them using my third-party client that's not Vanced or, or whatever. And then, you know, move that back onto YouTube Music. That's insane. I don't want to do that. Well, especially now that the YouTube app has Repeat and Repeat 1, there's less and less mm. reason to actually go to the YouTube Music app if you've already been listening in YouTube. So anything that can help push people to that app and that web integration so that way more people can complain about it and it can get better and better. I think it's just a poorly, this has been a eight year diversion that, that has gone on for too long. That's just me though. I mean, I love YouTube music. I use it every day and the radio stations that it gives me are fantastic. I'll start a uh, radio based on a song and I will just, I literally went hoarse from just singing along all afternoon while I was writing. So it's a good service that just, it needs to be better managed and it needed to be better communicated from day one. The biggest problem YouTube Music has is that everybody expected it to be a fully fledged app in 2018 and it was not. And it was treated like it was because of executives who couldn't keep their mouth shut. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the cohesion that they're trying to achieve here, and it's admirable that they're doing it piece by piece. But the fact of the matter is, is that YouTube was the place to do all of that beforehand. And I think it's trying to create the Grand Canyon overnight, what they're trying to do in terms of shifting user behavior or at least guiding it. And you can't really like, like people will still rock out to their music videos on YouTube and there's still going to be features that you'll develop for YouTube that whether you intended for them to or not, they'll encourage or cement that behavior over there mm-hmm. and keep music on its own. So I, I also know. wonder if, the people who would go to listen audio only with YouTube music, which is what this button is for, those people already know that YouTube music exists. And like, I think everyone else is going to be like, well, no, I'm, I'm fine here. I don't know why I would yeah. like take this action when I can just like, I'm already watching the video. So I'm not sure, you know, it's also buried in a, like there's already the want audio only option. Like this is just another way to get there, but it, it takes longer to get there than the pre-existing option. Well, as an alternative to Spotify, and uh, we've seen Spotify and its rights challenges Mm -hmm. over Joe Rogan and whatnot, I feel like that hasn't gotten as much attention, or they haven't tried to draw attention to that as, uh, hey, sign up for us. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is what you're trying to... I I think the challenge is trying to compete on all fronts in terms of both features and integration with uh, some of the YouTube stuff. Yeah. And also just having the music, having the content be there and not like trying to shape your platform over business decisions, not ideology, which, you know, that's going to get into its own discussion, but over these business decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, YouTube Music is a better music listening experience than regular YouTube because you don't have the dumpster fire that is YouTube comments. You don't have all of these suggested songs sitting on the right side. It's it's, it's an actual music player, which is great because that means that I don't have to have all of this other junk on the screen at the same time. So it's easier to use, especially on mobile. But at the same time, I don't want YouTube Music to fall into the same trap that Spotify has of trying to compete with on every level with everything having the clubhouse competitors having the twitter spaces and all of this stuff and the podcasting i do not want podcasts anywhere near youtube music oh it's gonna happen (laughs) keep it on youtube it's hard enough to get the delineation between music content and non-music content on youtube Mm -hmm. if they allow podcasts in guarantee you there's going to be a whole lot more of your regular youtube videos that you watched or you liked and that's going to end up on YouTube Music and met- and throwing off your. Well, group. supposedly YouTube is working on its own partition for podcasts, uh, so and that's going to be strictly on YouTube side or to even to the side of YouTube side. So yeah, like if you're going to do podcasts, do it the way you do YouTube gaming. Like, do not put that anywhere near YouTube Music. YouTube Music has enough to deal with right now without podcasts. Mm-hmm. But moving on from now, the other app I wanted to talk about, because it has an update, which is going to be really, really great for a number of users. It just also means that a lot more users are still waiting for something to actually change. Four months now, since the Galaxy S22 series launched, we have been hearing dozens and dozens of reports of Android Auto just being finicky as hell 
with the Galaxy S22 series. Doesn't matter what cable you use, doesn't matter what car you have. It's just going to be random, but Android Auto just absolutely doesn't really want to work for some people. And this update for Android Auto this week is supposed to fix that. I'm very hopeful that it does, but at the same time, Android Auto needs updates for fixes for a much larger number of people. Mm. We've had recent issues with Android Auto on Pixel phones, and the Android 13 beta has had tons of issues with the Android Auto. Beta 1 had issues with wireless Android Auto, which affects a much smaller percentage of users. But Beta 2 is causing phones to freeze or reboot after disconnecting from Android Auto. So it's been... It's not been a great couple of months for Android Auto, which is unfortunate because Android Auto gets a rap as being buggy and unreliable anyway. But I'm happy to see at least some people got an update that fixed things. I really hope it doesn't take four months for Pixel users. Well, no, not four months. Three months. I hope it doesn't take three months for Pixel users to get the fix that they need as well. Well, like this is the headache with stuff like this, where unlike Apple, Google can fix all of this with an app update. They don't have to like ship a new version of Android to every phone to like fix this stuff. And yet it still takes like three months for something to fix with with like S22 owners, which is will probably be end up being like one of the most popular Android phones of this year, if not at least the most popular flagship phone of this year. Yeah, and I think the bad rap that Android also uh, Auto also gets uh, is is not. I think it just comes down to mechanics. I edit Esper's uh, Android Bytes podcast, and they had on the creator of the AA wireless dongle. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how he was using a stupid uh, third party cable to connect his phone to his car, and it was all stat. Um, no, well, it was, that was fine, but it was the actual OnePlus cable that he used, the first-party cable that really triggered some issues, uh, static and uh, and reception issues. And it just for different people with different devices and different cables and different vehicles, you know, any one part of the equation can fail and make the experience just horrible. I mean, most of the time I have a consistent wired experience no matter which phone I am on because I switch phones about three times a year these days. But at the same time, I need Android Auto to work because I live in Florida and I cannot afford to take my eyes off the road for any reason when I'm trying to drive somewhere new because Florida drivers be crazy, especially around here where everybody either doesn't know where they are going or they do know where they're going and they are going to try and get there as fast as they can because apparently their time is more valuable than anybody else's. Android Auto not working, which mine currently won't even boot. Like, I get the error message on my head unit saying Android Auto could not start. Do you want to disable or just turn it off for this time? And then after I unplug it from that, I get the black screen and having to reboot. Wired Android Auto just has so many points of failure yeah. that it's so important for us to get more like the Motorola Sound MA1. I've wanted one. I've wanted one since about the middle of January. It's impossible to get them because they go on sale whenever Motorola gets more and puts them on Amazon. They sell out instantly. And that means the only people who can buy them are people who are willing to stomach paying two to five times more for a scalper's version. And I refuse to give those bastards the satisfaction 
but I don't know why Google doesn't make one of these, especially because Google would be able to be like, okay, this integrates with Android. This is part of it. It would take away so much of the guesswork. Mm-hmm. For Android Auto, literally anything can cause an update. And if it's wired Android Auto, you will have no clue what you need to do to fix it. A system update can cause issues. An app update can cause issues. The firmware on the head unit on your car updating can cause issues. Uh, earlier, we mentioned that the cheap third-party cable worked, but the OEM cable didn't, by the way, because that was a OnePlus cable. I'm pretty sure it had issues because OnePlus has to specially wire stuff for their warp charge systems. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's what that was about. Mm-hmm. But USB cables for Android Auto... I have gone through about six different cables because they will all start fine. And then over however many months it takes of they baking in my car every day, eventually all the cables degrade and connections get spotty and oh, yeah. they're developed kinks. So your cable is going to wear out over time and need replacing. God forbid you have to like pick up your phone to like move it or like it's in the cup holder and you like bump yes. it with your drink. Like, like I hope you don't have an exit coming up because you are going to like lose connection for like 20 seconds. For me, I only lose connection for about three seconds because my cable hasn't started failing that bad yet, but I'm, I'm getting close to needing well, a new one. Sometimes I have to like disconnect it from the phone and that will like, it, it just will not reappear until I like unplug it and plug it back in. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I was here. Sorry. I don't know about you guys, but I just uh, stay on my phone and take the links <laughs> when I go to Orlando. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, and the other thing is your USB-C cable wears out because you're having to plug it in every time. Mm-hmm. My Galaxy S21 last year came with a slightly wiggly USB-C port. Android Auto was a terror on that thing. I could not switch back to my Pixel fast enough. That's why we should all switch back to micro USB. Oh, I'm going to become oh, the micro USB proponent on this show. <laughs> oh, no. Uh. Well, do we want to wrap it there and talk very, very quickly about new Kindles and actually getting USB-C? Because, or actually, no, it was Fire tablets. The new Fire 7 yeah, Amazon tablets let's, yeah. are let's talk about that. finally freaking <clears throat> changing to USB-C. Micro USB needs to be banned on new products from like the middle of 2022 forward. USB-C is reversible, so it's easier for people to use. It is more durable, and it allows you to add in power delivery charging, so that way your device charges faster. There is literally no reason to use micro USB other than you being a cheapskate. Device makers have had nearly a decade to work this into their schemas, their floor plans, Mm -hmm. everything they needed to do, their foundry... No, there is no more excuse. There was an excuse in 2020, even. Let's just get that out of the way, too. As the now self-appointed micro-USB defender on this show, <laughs> it's a fun shape. You know, USB-C, that's a no. boring shape. But micro-USB, it's got angles on it. Uh, it's a pentagon. <laughs> it's a polygon. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a... What's the word? It's not Anyhow, a rhombus. I'm obviously no. kidding. I, um, yeah, this, this is the first time the Fire 7 was last updated in May of 2019. So it's been three years Despite the Fire HD 10 being updated that year as well with USB-C, they skipped that update with this one uh, in 2019. So this is finally bringing the entire Fire tablet lineup to USB-C. Um, I think th- it's worth the extra 10 bucks. Well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. So for the first time since 2015, when Amazon dropped the Kindle branding for these, this is the first time it's gone up in price from $50 to 60 That's still with ads. Um, it's a little more. 75 expensive. bucks without. Yeah. Uh, but I think because they've been selling them in the six pack, you get 
six for the price of five, like mm-hmm. get six, pay three hundred bucks, or and just wait for just, the sale. Like the, these or, go on sale okay. two to three times a year. Like if you're buying them full well, price, you just wait for Prime Day. Sure, year. <laughs> these devices go on sale like two to three times a month. These yeah, are I mean, like products. they routinely have like complete sales on their entire Amazon hardware lineup. So like, just wait. If you're not buying it on sale, you've you've made a grave mistake. Yeah. How do we feel about five watt charging? Because that's the thing with these these uh, tabs. Um, I can tell you that it, it Amazon says it'll take four hours to charge this thing, which is insane. Uh, but at least it's in the box, I guess. Well, I mean, that's... it's a crap charger because mm-hmm. it only charges at five watts, so you're never going to use it for anything else because no. it is so monumentally slow. Right. And because it's five watt charging, it means that your device is going to spend longer charging and that's not going to be great for the cable, the port, or the tablet itself. So this is just a bad deal all around. And it, I, It's for kids, though. Like, like it, this is for, like... <sighs> Kids and exactly, other, you know, kids don't want to be without their t- kids don't want to be without their toys for any amount of time. No, but the, and this is like, oh, it's going to take four hours to recharge it. Well, but you can use it while it's plugged in. I mean, like I played a Game Boy Advance SP as a kid with it plugged in. Like you just oh, good times you make do. Yeah, <laughs> stuck <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, so real quick, other than the USB C port, it's it's a little faster. They doubled the RAM to two gigabytes uh, from one, uh, and you still uh, need to install the Play Store on it to get all the apps you actually want. That was the point where I wanted to stop talking about the Fire <laughs> Tablet, honestly. Yeah. Um, Will, you have things to talk about, right? Sure. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. please. Yeah. Mine are uh, maybe a little less exciting than, than USB-C. I don't know. We could probably argue about whether the Amazon Fire tablet is a good product all day or not. Maybe not. Um, (laughs) So earlier this year, Google announced that legacy G Suite accounts or free legacy G Suite accounts, I should say, were going away. And those users who were promised to have access to their accounts for free forever would have to start paying. Um, This did not go over well. Uh, I would say, I think that's putting it lightly. And they started hinting through surveys that they were working on something to allow personal users to keep their accounts without paying. And then nothing came of it. And the only sign we had since was that they delayed this transition. I believe the original date was like May 1st. People were going to have to start paying for their accounts. And in April, they were like, uh, we meant June. We have nothing else to say right now, but uh, we're kicking it to June. Um, so finally, uh, this week, Google is allowing users to move to a new free option. As long as you are not using your account for business use, uh, as long as you're keeping it as a personal account, you have until June 27th to uh, keep all of or most of the great elements of of legacy G Suite accounts without having to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Personal. I got some personal things <laughs> I'd like to resolve. I mean, like, you know, like, uh, for the most part, it, it really just drops 24-7 support. You you won't have, like, support. And they kind of vaguely kept it at, like, oh, we might remove business functionality from workspace, but it doesn't really mean anything until they specify what it means. But for the most part, I think this is what people wanted from the start. I don't think that people who were mad about this, most of them were probably personal users looking to keep their domains, so... Like, overall, I think this is a happy ending for those people. Well, except for the fact that you got to be paying attention. you got to 
opt into it in the next five weeks. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's a deadline for after that. And if you weren't paying attention, you're going to have to start paying. Yes. Yeah. I believe it's. It's June 27th. It's June 27th. And then I think there's some kind of. uh, There's a discount offer for. Yeah. There's uh, a discount offer if you want to pay. And then also if you had already upgraded ahead of the original deadline the original may 1st deadline you can reach out to support to move back to a free plan as long as it was after january 19th well if you're looking for a way to uh set up gmail with your custom domain i think you know what we should probably get on that android i because i was able to get my vanity url of jewels.wang <laughs> to relay to my gmail account and that was fun yeah tutorial coming soon maybe i have to pitch it all right. You're going to have to get that approved, and I look forward to watching that. <laughs> All right. Well, what else do we have here? Yeah. In less fun news, I guess there's another um, classic Google sends a developer a Play Store policy complaint that is too vague to understand what's going on, which causes some sort of takedown. In this case, it wasn't a full takedown. It was actually just a feature removal, but it's It wasn't just a total takedown. Yeah, it's bad, not terrible, I guess. So Total Commander uh, is a file manager that has been around since um, before I was born, (laughs) literally. (laughs) uh, Back in the, I think it came out for Windows in 1993. I think I saw that when I was reporting on this. So it has a legacy, I would say. Uh, It has more than 10 million downloads on the Play Store. It's one of the most popular file managers on Android right now. It still supports old versions of Android back to 2.2. So it's like a really useful app, especially if you're like using an older device for whatever reason. And yesterday they rolled out an update that removed the ability to install APKs from within the file manager, which is not great because that's probably 60% of what I use file managers for on Android uh, is is, uh, opening and then installing APKs that I've downloaded from places like APK Mirror. It's a little complicated on what's going on here because Google sent an automated notice to him that his app would be removed within a week if the developer didn't change what was going on. Uh, They said it was violating the device and network abuse policy, specifically two sections in which an app cannot update itself and it can't point to specific APK download locations. So originally the developer was like, okay, well, I'll block total commander from being able to install total commander apks because that might be what's causing this he did that re-uploaded the app and a week later got the same notice along with a uh, vague message that the app was causing users to download or install apps from unknown sources outside of google play so obviously the concern here is is google coming after the ability to install apks away from file managers and i don't think that's what's going on here I think this is an issue of automation going awry, yeah, I think Especially, so. and which is a thing that's been happening a lot with app updates and app screening. Google Play, part of the reason that they take that 30% off of purchases is so that way they can actually moderate their store and make sure things are safe and working and whatnot. But we need more actual people reviewing apps, especially if something gets dinged for a violation twice right. in a certain amount of time. So that's the other thing. If you get hit three times, you can lose access to your Google account, which is why Total Commander's developer was like, OK, I'm just going to remove the ability to install APKs from the app because I'm not risking losing access to my account for who knows how long. Well, I mean, when we're talking about the 
policy enforcement and Google has been increasing its headcount over many, many years. But the fact of the matter is, is that the volume of apps that they have to deal with, there has to be at least some sort of automation for thousands and thousands of apps. I mean, the first violation I get and him updating, he updated it, getting pinged a week later for the same stuff tells me that should not have gone to the developer. That should have gone to a human who could have then looked at the app and reviewed it and been like, okay, either the bot is wrong or an actual person can need to explain in depth because automated reports for these things don't always go into the best detail. And Google was like, they know this is an issue. They launched a hotline last year that was supposed to like help deal with this stuff and like make it easier for (laughs) developers to reach out to Google and be like, hey, what's up with this? And instead, a year after that launched, we're still here being like, yeah, this developer doesn't know why he's getting these reports. He doesn't know if there's he posits that it could be something in the app triggering it, but he doesn't know what it is. And so it's easier to just take he out has the to make this thing. big compromise. And that's where I was going to make the turn here, because the thing is, if they keep feeding the software engineering side, and as opposed to dedicating actual humans to review these things, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, we've seen the push by a lot of uh, app publishers to get those revenue cuts down. Mm-hmm. And Google has been, uh, very reluctant, along with Apple, to agree. They, they've been taking it step by step very slowly. Right. But I think this kind of service, this these service levels justify that maybe they should actually be taking less. Yeah. They're not doing the work the way that produces outcomes that are favorable to these publishers. And yeah, it's probably not going to work out. So hopefully... Everything works out with Total Commander and they can hear back from Google from like a real person at Google who will explain what's up with the app, because obviously this is something with the automated process, but hopefully it can get APK installs back because that would be cool. That's kind of like I said, that's what I use file managers for most of the time. Uh, and, or you could use APK mirror installer. <laughs> that's true. I could. Good job, Artem. Got you in there. <laughs> I mean, I have that installed too. I'm just saying that, like, if I'm opening up a file manager, it's it's almost always to to uh, find an APK. And I still have seven zipper after all these years to oh God, extract yeah. zips because the OEM file managers still don't have a consistent UI no. that makes sense for that. I mean, am I the only person who's using file managers on Android for things like FTP with Google TV and backing up my phone? Hmm. my alone here i'm exceptionally lazy (laughs) i don't have an android tv or any tv in this room i'm sorry well trying to copy things off of a chromecast with google tv is like pulling teeth but it does ftp fairly well so long as you get the right file manager installed yeah i have something set up that automatically moves any screenshots i take to google drive or i think they turned off google drive integration and now annoyingly has to go to dropbox which i very rarely use but i have it set up so it automatically uploads to dropbox and i don't have to think about it all right i think it's time for story time journal time (laughs) in the midst of doing other pitches I took up a pitch. You'll see the feature coming up either next week or the week after for our favorite LG phones. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if uh, the theme 
is entirely correct there, at least the way that I've taken the direction, in which case maybe I have a you know, issues myself. But <laughs> so we were talking about this in the editor's call about what our favorite or less than favorite LG experiences were. And my core experience with it was with the LG V10. And it came out of this kind of personal slash work situation. I was still very fresh. Uh, the V10 came out in 2015. I just graduated college and started actually earning money for the work that I did. Mm-hmm. And it was late in the year, and it was one of those first Techtobers where you had the BlackBerry Priv, the iPhones were still being reviewed, you got the OnePlus X, that it was a very black sheep phone, mm-hmm. uh, Motorola was still more relevant back then, and uh, we also had those Nexuses, which were also interesting, and I'll get, I think I'll get back to those at some point. If not in this pod, then at least in the feature. But uh, yeah, it's it was crazy. And I was working at a site called Pocket Now, which is a happens to be a sister publication <laughs> over over the consolidation of this industry <laughs> to us here at, at Android Police at the moment. And yeah, no, it was it was crazy because my other team members were reviewing all these phones and the V10 was going to get left out. And I was like, sure, I'll take on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a review unit. So I went to pre-order and get my own. So yeah, that's where the personal part of it is. And I really liked the phone. I mean, it was very unique. It, it was very LG in a good sense in yeah. that even back then, things that were going by the wayside for power users, the removable battery was still there. Yeah. SD card slot. They doubled down on the headphone jack with the DAC at a time when there was so much speculation about whether that would stay around. And uh, it was amazing to see as not just a phone serving any particular niche. I mean, we, I think we've come to see the V-series as more of a content production type of thing, as opposed to a, a very intense all-rounder phone. Mm-hmm. But that's what, how I felt about it. And the way I reviewed that phone, being so green and being so, you know, have, like thinking in my head that I had to balance everything out, I think I could have shown a little bit more enthusiasm about it because, uh, oh, it had that second screen too. Oh man, yeah, I mean that was the big. That was the big thing about that one. (laughs) I completely forgot about that, but uh, the way we deal with notifications now is also just bad. Uh, Yeah, I mean it's it's better than it used to be. We can all agree on that, right? And our notifications are significantly better than the way Apple handles them. Uh, Yeah, I mean i I also owned a V10, and I feel like. Not a lot of people owned the V10. I had to upgrade my phone, and I went to Verizon, and I wanted a Note Five, and they were out of a they were out of notes, and I was like, "All right, well, I want something today," and so I took the V10, which was still like I think maybe only a month old at that point, and like, man, I completely forgot until looking at photos. For I mean, I didn't forget the stainless steel rails. I loved the stainless steel rails. I actually, oh, yeah. it felt great to hold in my opinion. It was a study of contrast with the silicone too. Yeah, I liked the back other than that like I burned through like three replacement backs because I kept chipping them. I would drop the phone and the phone was fine because those rails really protected it. I didn't keep it in my case or anything. 
Uh, well, that was the, your mistake. No, I mean, like, <laughs> like these were not. You big can't complain drops. about continually dropping your phone and breaking and chipping something and no, not the back was it just poorly made. The the back was not well made, and LG was asking for it too because you know it was one of, like the first big pushes back then for a ten mil spec G. Yeah, they were they were like, you don't need a case. We got yeah. you. And then it's like, well, um, except for the fact that the rubber, like the screen was fine. It literally was just like the silicon would, would just like chip off immediately. And yeah, after that, 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 you know, it was like the screen was 5.7 inches, but it was extra yeah. tall because of that second screen right. and, you know, just the physicality it of it. It was it big was and heavy, was heavy. Yeah. and it was big. And adding a case onto that was just not going to be a fun time for a lot of people. The so. other thing. I forgot about this. I forgot about LG's back-mounted volume rocker. I completely forgot this existed. Oh, that man. Was that was great. awesome. You keep that your phone in your pocket. Time. You know exactly where those buttons are. You can just, like, tap them. It's great. It, I I actually really miss those. I completely forgot and about And they were those. still positioned as such yeah. where I could still use them as the camera shutter oh, and yeah. not have my finger appear. Like, that was pretty, pretty amazing for me. Yeah. So. I completely forgot that LG did that for, like, three or four years. Um, like, dating back to, like, the G2, which I also had. And it's so easy to be reductionist about it. Ron Amadio of uh, Ars Technica had a very punchy takedown when uh, LG announced it was getting out of the smartphone business, mm-hmm. uh, bringing up the boot loops, uh, the, the the poor soldering, uh, the crappy UI, the skin, uh, everything about it. It was just, you know, one takedown after the other. It was almost as great as that takedown of the New York Times food editor talking about Guy Fieri's Times Square restaurant. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, I feel like you know, for as much fun as we make of it, especially here at Android Police, if you, anyone remembers the Yule Log stream that we did on Twitch of a Nexus 5X boot looping <laughs> to uh, royalty-free Christmas music, yeah, that was uh, that was a fun time. There were plenty of models that were affected, and I owned a good share of them, the 5X too. Uh, but like, I feel like the most well-rounded. Uh, the best phone that I experienced from LG was the G6. Mm-hmm. And it was oh, a, sure. just a very decent Android phone. The uh, extra tall screen, the battery life was pretty decent. Uh, they kind of made the UI more tolerable that time. Yeah. But, I mean, Samsung had already kind of won the discussion somewhere back a couple years ago, apparently. And anything that lg did sort of just you know that was just already out of contention it felt like i think the g5 sank them and even with the comeback that was the g6 which was going up against god i want to say was this the s8 this must have been the s8 because they both got tall screens that year right it was i mean that phone was like you know building on the success of the s6 and the s7 and then the g6 was building on the failure that was the g5 and it was just it wasn't enough it was a good phone. It wasn't enough. And I think that was kind of, this was, you know, four years before LG left the market, but I think that was, this was kind of where yeah, it ended. Too little, too late, exactly. or at least, well, too late was pretty early, but still. And, well, you know, it, it just, that was their last shot, I think. And from there, it just went downhill. And it sucks. I miss LG in the market, even if a lot of their phones were not up to par with the competition. The fact that the Wing was their last major phone is insane. Like, you don't get that from anyone else you don't get the like 
I mean, um, up to like a month before they left the market, they were still teasing their rollable phone. And like, I'm still wishing I that. I guess came the out. foldables are kind of a weird, but like not, not really. Like, not in the sense of the wing or, or the rollable. Like, it's not the same level of weird of like that 2012 Android energy of like, yeah, man, we don't know. We there's two keyboards on this one. We we put two of them on here and figure it out. And it's like I miss that energy. And no one. The only thing going for LG throughout all these years was the hippie engineering departments. That was we'll think this over, and then the lightning bolt strikes their labs. And it's just like ah, what a genius idea. Let's yep. put it in there. The general software update picture. Especially when things started to pick up in 2019 with Samsung adopting uh, lengthier software updates and just LG. When, where was that software update center? You put out the press release saying <laughs> that there was a dedicated software update, update center, some office in Seoul that you had. What came out of that? Huh? Nothing. 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 Well, LG's updates aside, can we also agree that the LG Wing is kind of a kick-ass Absolute, last phone No, no, to put that's exactly what I'm saying. I love that that's their last phone. And should we also touch on the fact for a moment that you're actually going to be able to test out Android 13 on an LG <laughs> yeah, Wing? Because yeah. that's, that's In amazing. In just world, right? the LG Wing would become the new HTC HD2. I hope I'm getting that model right. The phone that just won't die for two decades and people keep you got that right i did thank you jesus thank god that (laughs) that name is so generic uh a phone that just like they keep throwing new operating systems and in like 10 years android 22 will be on it they'll be like someone got android 22 running on an lg wing i mean heck that hd2 can just run full fat windows 11 and still run android apps anyways that's my point that's my that's and that's exactly what lg wings fate should be we can at least get a few of them in the house so that we make sure we have the tinkers to to test that crap out. Exactly. That would be fun. Ara, I know that you don't have much experience uh, on the LG side, but uh, do you have any witty, pithy one-liners to, I guess, put a bow on this? The only story I have for LG that brings a smile to my face is the LG G4 had this like little bubbly soda pop animation when you were unlocking the phone. And it was at a time when I was trying to wean and when I was, you know, weaning myself off of soda, which worked very, very well for about six or eight months. And then I went to Disney and it absolutely fell apart in a day. (laughs) Um, But like the animations that LG did were so like they were cute. They had a variety of them and they were just fun. Like it's an unlock animation. You don't need to get fancy with it. But like what Google is trying to do with Material U and all the fancy transitions I want somebody to bring back the little bubbly unlock animation because that's cute. LG was more honest to their South Korean air, mm-hmm. I feel like. They had a few other phones that were not Android feature phones, and they were more, um, what's the word for it? It's not anamorphic, but it was very, very cute. Uh, you know, they took the sh- flip phones. That- Anthropomorphic? Anthropomorphic, maybe. Because they took the shape, well, even then, it's like they're, they, they take the shape of rabbits or something, and they, they come in multiple colors. And it's, you know, very Hello Kitty-esque, and I feel like that's, you know, one of the uh, kind of the hallmarks, of, um, you know, coming out of that culture, or at least the way that the culture developed, which is amazing. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the fact that Samsung is now the name. It's become 
this multinational that has a, a global identity. Yeah. And nothing about it seems what does Samsung mean? Well, the three stars. Oh, that's Korean. I couldn't have told you if it was a Korean company or not. Well, Samsung is bigger than where it came from at this point, especially since Samsung has fought so hard to become the name brand in the West. But let's go ahead and leave it there because we've kind of gone a little long already. We can hopefully talk more about other issues. I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to gush again about LG for a little yeah. while on the pod. I have to edit this <laughs> all because and I'll have to edit out a lot of what <laughs> I just said. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very sorry for that. But you did it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> but alrighty, we will catch y'all next week. You can catch me at Ara Wagner. Will, yours is Will uh, yeah. underscore. Will underscore. Did um, you get your own handle wrong? No, it's it's Will underscore Saddleberg. No, 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 Ara, because you're still uh, Wagco. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm running on five hours of sleep, and I've I only got to have like half of my coke at lunch, so I'm uh, I'm in desperate need of energy in either actual restful form or uh, caffeine. Go go to, go to bed, uh. please. <laughs> I, I, I'm Point Jules. Uh, we can be uh, reached at podcast at androidpolice.com. and please enjoy the week or yeah. something. Take better care of yourselves than I do. <laughs> All right, I think it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, already. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.